0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode number 23 of Master My Garden podcast. In this week's episode, I'm joined by Jerry Harford from the Potting Shed in Camolean, County Wexford. Now, the Potting Shed is a specialist nursery that specializes in growing unusual perennials and clematis. They're a member of the Irish Specialist Nurseries Association, and I suppose Jerry himself has huge experience in gardening and has been gardening and nursery growing for a long time so he has huge experience as i said one of the most knowledgeable people that i know in in gardening circles and what we're going to talk about today is i suppose the the nursery itself firstly and then we're going to get into a list of about 10 plants that are slightly unusual but very much attainable for for most gardeners and they'll add certainly a level of interest that you know the standard run-of-the-mill plants won't won't add to your garden so as i said it's a it's a it's a very good chat with one of the most knowledgeable people that i know in gardening so let's get stuck in to this week's episode okay so Jerry, you're very welcome to this week's episode of master my garden podcast and uh as I said in the intro, the Potting Shed Camolin, they specialise in unusual peren- perennials. Um, I was going to say rare, but it's not so much rare, but unusual type flowers. So, firstly, Jerry, you're very welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much, Indy.
0: Maybe you just give me a little bit of an overview of the Potting Shed and, and what you guys do there.
1: Well, we've been going nearly 20 years now at this stage, and you, you're right insofar as it's not rare it they are unusual they more newer varieties and more unusual certainly hard to find um rarely not offered that quickly um herbaceous perennials and indeed some climbers and grasses uh, we do a lot of clematis also we probably would have one of the biggest selections of uh variety selections of clematis in ireland different right we don't have big quantities of anything but we have sort of a wide range some sell every year, some sell don't, don't sell for a year or two, but they're always slightly different. Uh, in the herbaceous section, in the herbaceous area, we would be, we were keen gardeners when we started off in Dublin many, many, many years ago. Um, We had a very awkward garden, it used to flood, uh, very heavy mucky clay soil and reasonably shady. And there was really only two outlets Dealing with something that was slightly different, one would be Murphy and Woods in Caputelia. They're still there. Yeah. Brian Woods is still a very good, a great gardener and a great plants person. And the other one was the Carewswood Garden Centre in um, Cork, just outside Cork City. Uh, Neil Williams, and Neil would have been one of the first to go to make a lot of trips to the continent. Well, he used to go to the, not to the continent, but he used to go to England once a year. Uh, around the unusual nurseries and specialist nurseries over there. And he often told me that when he came back, he had a queue outside the door of people waiting to see what he brought back. So he whetted our appetite. And then in the beginning of the, this uh, century, shall we say, um, we set up our nursery. And at the same time, Kilmurray opened and Mount Venus opened. And then since then, there's been a raft of other specialist nurseries. We tend to look we we are mainly herbaceous and um we would pride ourselves on being one of the first to introduce a lot of the newer stuff we would have had for instance that geranium roseanne long before anybody else has had it in um we we have friends on the continent and they are breeders and they're connected to the some of the labs and that sort of stuff and they are given them plants to, um, to trial. And we tend to see them once or twice a year and have a look at what they've got and take their advice on what's going well, what's doing well for them. Obviously, some things do better on the continent than, do, than will survive here, shall we say. So one has to be fairly careful. But we tend to be, we are one of the leading herbaceous nurseries in the country, I would say. Uh, with an unusual and ever-changing um, catalogue, shall we say? I think is about the best way of putting it. We tend to, when things, if we find are not performing for us, we'll drop them. And as people, when people say, "Why don't you sell?" I would say, "I can't sell everything. We can. There's only two of us, and uh, we're twenty years older now than we were when we started. So there's only so many hours in a day, and so much things we can do. So." Um, we're open Thursday and Fridays, uh, 11 until 5 each day, and we will open other times by arrangement. We do a lot of shows. Um, when we started off, there were no shows in the country, and then Angela Dupes started her Rare and Special Plant Fair, and after that, it mushroomed, and there's practically a show every weekend uh, from end of March right through till near the end of September now at this stage. No, we don't do all of those shows, John. We we do probably about 14, 14, 15 shows a year. That's more than enough for us at this stage.
0: Okay, and this year, obviously, shows have been have been postponed quite a bit. Now I know there is a, com- a few coming up that we'll we'll talk about later, maybe. Um, yeah, there's but... a batch
1: coming in at the end, starting at the end of July. Um, okay, and they, we can talk about it. But people will get the information on the uh, either our website or else on the Irish Specialist Nursery Association's website. Okay, we I think you mentioned the, f-
0: yeah. the first one you're getting back doing is the photo show, and that's the 25th and 26th of July. So That's it. Yeah, that's yeah, the first that's opportunity it. for people to, to, to meet you in person again this year. Um, how have Absolutely. you guys coped with, uh, obviously, shows previously being one of your main, your main sources of, of being able to get the plants into people's hands? How have you guys managed um, over the last couple of months?
1: Well, it's been very interesting because I think people have been sat at, stuck at home and they suddenly looked out the back garden, out the front window or the back window and suddenly thought, oh, that's a bit of grass there. There's something around it as well. And they've started to shop online. We've been run off our feet, basically. i not complaining. We have been run off our feet with mail order. Um, we've probably done, in terms of numbers of orders, we've done nearly over five times the amount we did in, between March and now. We've done over five times the amount of mail order in numbers than we did in the whole of last year. Uh, and the values on the, on the orders have been uh, quite impressive, to say the least. So no, that's we're good. We're, we're not good, but we're very happy, shall we say. <laughs> it's been uh, It's been very good.
0: It's- it's good as well yeah. that, like, obviously your your type of plants they're they're not the the ordinary run of the mill. So it's a good way of of ordering your type plants. You know that the someone is shopping on a catalog, they're they're probably not just trying to fill a gap in a in a in a you know in a garden or whatever. They're they're specifically searching for the for the the rare varieties or the unusual varieties that you have, and so it's
1: unusual stuff that that that's different. People have been looking to see what's, what's definitely, I mean, there's been, it's been a very, when you look at and analyse the orders, it's been a very interesting uh, selection of plants that people have bought and some plants that we haven't been able, that people haven't been interested in here. They've looked at others online have said, I have, I have one of those. So it's been actually, it's been quite, um, it's been very interesting looking at what people have bought. Uh, the The main thing that we have noticed is that people haven't bought for, now, they bought for later. Uh, a lot of the stock that we would have, I would normally sell, say, between March and the end of April, hasn't shifted at all. It's later some flowering stuff. It's the asters, the heleniums, the um, echinaceas. Uh, clematis have been ridiculously um, popular. Uh, it's all later flowering stuff. Monardas, geraniums, telictrums. All of those have been what people are buying, the things like the baptisias, the Amazonias, uh, which will flower in in May and June and, and uh, early June. they're not selling. They haven't sold. I have yeah. them for next year, but I don't they don't they don't they, they haven't gone. so it's 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 been quite interesting. I think, as you quite right and say people have been looking for spots, and we have a very, I would say Susan uh, puts a lot of time and work into our website. Uh, it's quite user friendly. It's very user friendly, in fact. Um, and she, we were lucky. Our daughter-in-law to be is te- very good, t- technically very very um, astute, and she was able to advise Susan of what she, what we, yeah. what we should do, and Susan was able to tell her what we yeah. want. And between the two of them, they built a very user friendly site, and we get a lot of compliments on on our website. Uh, and people can see to get the information there's uh, uh, items there's articles on the website about clematis there's articles about asters there's articles about irises so and um, seaside planting what's good for shade what's good for seaside planting
0: yeah i saw that last night it it, it is very good and you've you've uh, yeah as you rightly said you've uh, a sector on plants for pollinators which is hugely topical at the moment you have seaside planting which is very useful for 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 a lot of gardeners around the country and uh, yeah there's good there's good advice there and then the images of the plants themselves were were, were really good as well so people can see they don't necessarily need to see the, the plant in flower like they would you know a, a lot of people buy just purely on color on a given day but with the website and the fact that you have a good picture there it may not flower for three months but at least they know you know what it's going to look like yeah you know what it it's not
1: impulse buys yeah they're not impulse buys i mean that's what that's where a lot of people make the mistake when they go into a garden center and it's in full flower and it looks fantastic <clears throat> and then they get it home and they realize well actually i haven't got the conditions that this plant ideally needs i mean it's a long time ago helen dylan said to me right plant right place and then um uh it's the ideal situation. But people, when they go into a plant, into a garden centre or even sometimes at, at plant fairs, they see something and they buy it uh, because they like the look of it. Whereas if they're shopping online, they have the information there in front of them and they can actually yeah, think about that, it.
0: That really is a whole other conversation, and it's something that uh, it's something that I definitely like to cover again because it you know the the current generation of gardeners are probably buying with their eyes all the time, and and it leads to. I suppose disappointment in some ways because as you said it's, it's not suitable when they get home or it's, it's almost finished flowering and then they put it in their garden and it stops flowering straight away and there's, there's this uh, I suppose constant buy with your eyes and then I don't know maybe, maybe feel like they can't
1: garden and then regret it afterwards I mean, yeah a lot of people say to come up to us and I say I killed such a plant and then we would say well you know and it, it's very disheartening mm-hmm. when you spend I mean the plants are not cheap uh, so when you spend a few bob on a plant and you bring it home and it just as you say it dies or it next year comes up half the size it was before and people say well why why is that and the answer is basically it gets a shock going into the ground it's been costed it's been in a polytunnel it's been fed it's been watered it's had lights turned on when it needs it it's been lights turned off when it needs to rest and then it's stuck at a bench and you've come in and said that's a nice plant i'll have it I'll bring it home and oh my god suddenly i have to dig de- i have the plant says i have to Defend for myself, I've got to get my roots down I'm getting blown to Kingdom Come and I'm not getting enough sunshine and it dies and people then say, I killed it well, not necessarily you killed it you just put it in the wrong place and you were were not advised to buy the right plant for the right place I mean, Susan will talk more people out of buying a plant than she will talk them into it Uh, we never talk people into buying plants because we always basically say we will ask the question particularly if we don't know them and they're not sure what they want what's your soil like and um, you'll often get the it's, well it's brown well i don't mean that is it clay is it sandy is it it's a thing what's the aspect is it you're getting full sun or partial shade or full shade and we'll ask the questions and make people think about what they're actually where they're going to put the plant and quite often they will not buy it but they will say thank you for advice.
0: absolutely yeah. and i think i think that's you know in some ways this is an, the aim of of what this podcast is about and 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 other stuff coming down the line is that it's to try and get people to think like that that you know rather than just buying with your eyes and saying oh yeah that yes. look lovely in this corner yeah get back know your garden look at the look at the people who are maybe gardening for a long time that are close to you you know your neighbors and so on because you'll you'll learn from what's working in their gardens absolutely what yeah. you will be able to grow and obviously you can trial different things as well yeah. you don't have to just stick to what your neighbor's growing but it does give a good indication and then then you know what you can work with and what you can't work with
1: absolutely and that's the that's the that's the thing is with the advice that you know look at what's growing in the, in your area and you know if if there's a lot of with the den then you know you're not necessarily going to be able to grow different types of plants you know so I'm not saying you have to only grow rhododendrons, but it gives you an idea as to what the soil is like. And, and, you know, the soil testing kits, they're there for a reason. And if you want to start off, and it's expensive enough business to do, and between landscapers and and landscaping and and the cost of plants, you'll spend quite a few bob on the. And, you you, you know, some people will spend as much on, on on their garden as they will in the car, and they won't be too happy if the car if they drive it off the forecourt and it just stops and doesn't go any further, you know, and they go, Oh, and you know, you, yeah, you feel yeah. you sort of feel sorry for them. So yes, when the younger gardeners are coming in and they're asking questions, we will give them the time um to and and talk to them and just try and guide them along the way. Um and that's one of the main things of the specialist nurseries. That's why, you know, people would 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 come to them because plants people there are growing the plants they're not just buying them in they're growing them on themselves while they're propagating them they're dividing them they're sowing the seed or they're buying them in as, as small plants and growing them on in pots and they're seeing what they're doing over a period of time rather than just it's come off the back of a van it's on the bench and it looks really nice now um and um yeah that's that's the that's that's where we come from on the, that's our background i suppose
0: you know like good a- yeah now it's a, you you've given a great overview of both the potting shed and and the specialist nursery and and you've given some great advice there on on people who are who are looking to uh start gardening i suppose and uh yeah that quote that you said that helen dinnell had right plant right place that was that that's a good one and <laughs> should be should be borne in mind when people are yeah, starting out good
1: things as you say i mean as we st- you know when you're starting off i suppose people say what's what can i put in the garden and the first thing i would say to people there's two plants that will become very you know they synonymous with Irish gardens they synonymous with cottage gardens but that are there for a reason they work hard geraniums are probably the most um one of the most used plants in the in the uh, garden and they're used for a particular reason they get on with it they they perform well they work well and they don't often die unless you really put them into the wrong wrong conditions, you know, and we tend to, we tend to do, we've moved away from the self-seeders and people have small gardens, the smaller gardens these days, they don't want to be going around picking up, putting in a plant that's going to take over their garden, either with um, invasive roots or seeding all over the place, and I mean, I remember one year, John, that I I was down the garden and I think I dug out about 30 or 40 geranium uh, seedlings and they had grown overnight almost. And I'm thinking, I didn't plant you and I don't want you there. So we've tended to start looking and from our side of things. We tend to look for things that are better behaved. So in the geranium section, probably one of the best uh, new introductions. And that's about 15 years old now at this stage is geranium roseanne. Um, a fantastic... That's planted the century. Yes, and it's it's actually, it's 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 well deserved of its title because it just absolutely gets on with it. It behaves itself. It doesn't take over your garden. It, you know, it is not a small plant, but it, you won't plant it in in site A and find it over in B, C, and D and, and the rest of your garden. It will cover. It's good ground ground cover. And like most herbaceous perennials, if you deadhead it, it will flower for a long time. Havan, uh, Roseanne. Tend to flower for probably about eight months, eight nine months of the year. It'll cover about a half square meter, yeah. and uh, if you deadhead it, it will keep on flowering, keep on flowering. It's it's a it's a it's a good doer. It's actually produced a couple of um, interesting sports as well. You've got Asia Rush, which is slightly more mound forming than Roseanne. Same color blue, and okay. a, a very nice blue as well. You've got Havana Blues, which is a pale blue, but it's more ground covering, uh, prostrate than, um, than Roseanne. And now there's a new one called Lilac Ice, which is a pale lavender. It's a very nice uh, one that's come out this year. Uh, it's a very pale, um, pinky lavender. Um, it's It's very, very nice. It's a nice little one. Okay. And then you also had a lot of people ask me about Uh, geranium patricia or geranium and thompson which are big strong magenta colored flowers with dark eyes (laughs) and patricia tends to sprawl a bit which is fine if you have a big garden and you want you to let her move around the place and ann thompson is a little bit of a sprawler as well but ann has um produced one called Dragonheart, which grows to about no i'd say about 30 inches about 75 centimeters tall and about 40 to 50 centimeters wide and quite upright obviously but again flowers all summer um big big deep magenta flowers um with a dark eye they're great the, they, the newer ones they have been they are good improvements. I mean, still some of the other ones, the Johnson's blue and geranium orion the blue one is particularly good. But they're short flowers, they're short flowering period, and then the longer flowering ones tend to, as I say, tend to seed, uh, seed all over the place. And I don't think, I don't think, gardeners of today really want to see that many seedlings in their garden. You know. No,
0: that's so money yeah. and gerani- geraniums as well. They're they're very hardy to be fair like there's not too many gardens that they won't grow in that'd be fair to say wouldn't it
1: no there's very few that they won't grow in i mean yes my parents used to regard called geraniums and some people still come up Do you have do you have the geranium geranium such and such and actually what they're talking about is pelagonums and they're not the hardy ones but the hardy geraniums as you quite rightly say they will take a little bit of shade um not full full shade but a bit of shade although there are Ones the fuchsias, which are very early flowering, they will take the full shade, the deep shade. But um, unless you're in a waterlogged garden, the, rose, the uh, geraniums will get through the, will get through the season uh, and through the years. Uh, they are tough plants, very tough plants, and you know they've earned their reputation. They are good to us and that's what we would say. It, it will reward you um, for, for for your investment. There's no doubt about yeah. that
0: we actually had you had you had a list of of sort of 10 of your what would you call them your your more at the unusual moment, maybe. more yeah. unusual
1: yeah i mean we, the things that we would tend to have stuff that the garden centers either don't have i don't have yet i certainly don't have anything like the the numbers of uh, we don't have a huge selection of plants but one of the other ones talking about sorry was um, telictrums. And we started a long time ago um, with one called Ellen or Ailin or Ellen. It's, it's uh, we got it many many years ago from Nursery Friends on the continent, and we've had it for pretty much since we started. Now it's it's been much more readily available now, but it's a tall plant, feathery blue leaves, and um, grows to about eight foot in height and is self-supporting doesn't fall over dies back completely in the in the winter gets into a good size plant you know you're looking at about um 50 to 80 centimeters wide um as i said tall statuesque up to eight foot 2.4 meters um and that flowers generally the telictrums come into flower mid to late mid to mid july onwards and it's bi flower um lemon and lilac when that came out there was then a sport of it called ann and and flowers at the top but when you cut those flowers off it puts a second um um flush of flowers h- up the center of it halfway up the plant uh, so it's more at, at eye height not quite as self-supporting as ellen but still will stand up unless you're in the middle of a gale and they will take it on very, very well. they, they like telethons like, like moisture retentive soil and full sun. Uh, they do, they don't do well on the sandy, dry sandy soil. Um, they really do like a little bit of body to the soil and they will take a little bit of shade, but not a huge amount of shade. So they will be one that we started off with, with Ellen, And then we moved, we we got Anne, and then we got their other cousin, Eureka, who really can't hold her drink at all, she falls over. And we just stopped on that one. Fantastic stems, really dark, thick stems, but just way too top heavy. And she never did anything. She's grown in the garden, but it's not one that anybody's ever um, propagated. And it's not one that we'd be pushed about selling because it just doesn't, it won't hold itself up at all, in fact. So then you've got slightly smaller ones, obviously, and the two other ones that, well, there's two or three other ones that we particularly like. There's Delictum splendid, which has come on the scene probably about 10 years ago and grows about six foot, quite willowy. More green leaf than a uh, than um, Ellen, which, as I say, is a sort of a um, bluey green leaf. Um, smaller leaves. But what's nice about splendid is It comes into flower pretty much around now, late June, June period. It sits in bud, little small purple buds for about five to six weeks. And then it opens into small lilac-y purple flowers, which last another five to six weeks. You've got nearly three months of interest in in that one plant. So you've got value for money there. It is tall. It's close to about six foot. But then they came across a Splendid White, which is about four foot, and it has the same length of interest time-wise. it comes in, It's just coming into bud for me now. It'll sit in bud for about five to six weeks, small little white balls of, of flower, and then it'll open out into white flowers um, again for another five or six weeks. Yeah. That's more a lime green leaf, so it will stand out quite well in the garden. And then we've also got, um, we've also got um, one that we cl- collected, one called Hinkley. It's from Hinkley. <clears throat> and that's, um, it's flowering now, but it's slightly later flowering. It's a bigger flower. Um, and um got um, Hewitt stubble, which is a much smaller flower. And that flowers um, from, Sort of August onwards, it's a small purple flower. It's an interesting one as well. There will be the one. This sort of electrums. There are there's a lot of them out there. Um,
0: yeah, well, as you sent me the list, um, I I actually wasn't wasn't that familiar with with electrums, and they're a beautiful flower, really really fluffy looking yeah, flower.
1: Yes, <clears throat> they're not a dense unusual. They're not, they're not a dense plant. You know, you, Ellen is 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 thick and and tall, but they're one that blends in well and the flowers as you quite rightly say are quite fluffy a very airy flower but you will notice yeah. them and you will see them they definitely stand out definitely notice them yeah, yeah, they're, yeah they're lovely they're looking nice there. indeed you know so you know that's that's something that's i mean people certainly the splendid the two splendides uh have been and I, somebody came to the nursery the other day looking for ellen she'd seen you know she'd seen a on telly and um and uh, it's she was quite pleased and somebody else bought some recently as well It's a plant that people now know and and it does well. huge stubble is one that's not that well known. It's later flowering and it's, and it's the last to appear as well. <clears throat> it doesn't appear until um it, it, it even in the in springtime it's the last to stick its nose above the ground but it's it's nice um very small, very very airy flower very nice
0: yeah. indeed and next on the on the list there you had yeah as i said you had about 10 plants and we've gone into quite a bit of detail on geraniums and telictrums so maybe give us a little bit of an overview of the you know the rest of your go-to plants the, the other
1: go-to plants uh eucomus um pineapple lily and um monty had it on gardeners world there a couple of weeks ago and i think so many people it's discovered what it was about and um, it's it was the
0: second one that I actually hadn't 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 i had heard a little bit about telectrums, yeah. but the this one now I hadn't heard of at all, so it was interesting to to look it up and it's a really beautiful looking flower Yes, as well.
1: very interesting flower as I say, it's called a pineapple lily, so the flower looks as if it's it, it, it's it comes out of of a rosette of of leaves the leaves are quite upright it's a bulb uh it's actually a big it, it grows into a big good very good sort of a large bulb. And each bulb produces um, a sort of a spike of leaves, uh, sword-like leaves, quite quite wide, maybe two and a half, three inches wide. And in some of them yeah. up to about 30 inches tall, the sparkling burgundy uh, grows to uh, about, the leaf is about, yeah, about 28, 30 inches tall. Uh, and then out of the center rises this pineapple uh, uh, flower. It's on a stalk. It's a series of small flowers all the way around the stalk, and the flowers can 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 um, range from pure white, as uh, there's one note that we do called Playa Blanca, and that has a green leaf and white flowers. You've got sparkling burgundy, which goes, uh, which is a very very dark burgundy uh, leaf, and uh, pinky pinky wine flowers, uh, coloured flowers. And uh, the only disadvantage is. You don't put it in a windy site, okay. And uh, because if it gets winded, the leaves can break, and they don't produce new, new many new li- uh, leaves uh, in the in the uh, rest of the year. And don't put it where a cat goes in to do its, jo- its work either. You know, because they again the leaves are the sword-like leaves, but they can break. Uh, but okay. they're great it's a lovely plant. It's it's a really good plant. Another one that we would do, now, they take the sun. Going into the shade, uh, you'd be looking at what's slightly different ones we like are the sporums and polygonatums. Fairly much the same family. Polygonatums would be known as Solomon's seal. And sometimes people mix them up with um, Smilocena racemosa, which is also known as false Solomon's seal. Both fly around the same time. Both good for shade. Clay soil don't like it. they don't like a uh, sandy soil and um, they will take some of the polygon atoms uh, will take will take more some in fact they will they'll all take more some but they do very very well in shade also and then you've got the sporum um, and probably one of the most interesting the sporums is one called night heron and that was collected in china by the guy that they, uh, we mentioned tillitrum hinkleyi, earlier on uh, dan hinckley was an american american plant collector and he brought back night heron and night heron grows to about 1.6 meters so it's a tall plant that's practically evergreen not quite it starts off <clears throat> with sort of a purpley hue to the leaf and it maintains that purple hue in the sunshine in the shade it tends to move into 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 um, more green so they 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 will they do like they do like body in the soil shall we say there's, there's, yeah. there's, they don't cone the as thin soil we've also got another one the spore megalanthemum which is a newish one to us but it's fairly much like night heron. <clears throat> night heron also has another slight rival which is more readily available it's called green giant mm-hmm. um it's a little bit shorter doesn't quite go as dark as night heron, and the the flowers are are small little bell-like flowers that hang down underneath and then we have one a new one, uh, towards Kenya, the new one to us is called Uniflorum, which is only forty centimetres and bolts up very nice. Polygon atoms also, there's one that Bet Chato from her gardens in Essex introduced called Betberg, which is um purple, purpley colour. Uh, uh leaf, new leaves, then they turn to um they turn to green. Not quite as vigorous as uh the ordinary polygon atom the normal solomon seal which can sort of get into a decent size a very good good size clump so i mean they would be ones that that they would be the ones that would start off with i mean that we like shall we say i mean there's there's loads there's a lot i i also mentioned Menardus to you there um <clears throat> and they have a up for many years ago and monardas and, and asters similar similar arrangement between the two of them um a reputation i should say Menardas have a reputation had a reputation of being uh, mildew very prone to mildew but over the years they've bred newer ones which are more mildew uh, resistant and uh, one of the better ones is jacob klein but the thing about menardas is they are very very site-specific if they don't like you they will work for a year and then they will not come back they like a moist open soil they like a little bit of moisture in the soil but not a heavy clay soil they don't like a very dry soil either and a lot of people keep trying them and our advice to people on that is try it once try it twice maybe go for a third time but if it if it doesn't survive your third attempt drop it it's not going to be happy and um, they are very site specific a fantastic plant um and really jacob klein is it's a very tall version with beautiful, fantastic red spiky flowers on the top. And the, again, they're a the plant that you can cut it back immediately and it'll re-sprout and it'll re-flower again for you a second time, if not a third time. We chop.
0: Yeah, the flower itself, is, it's a real high impact plant if if you can get it to grow at a real high impact plant. A very
1: much a, a, a talking point if you can get it to grow. And if you can, you're very lucky. If you can't, there's plenty of other plants in the garden, in the in the nursery or the garden center to grow. That would be just as impact. I also mentioned asters there. And again, asters, particularly, I was going to say, in the dry sure. summers we're getting, but having just cut it so much rain, I don't know. Um, the Novae Anglae and the Novae Belgae. The Novae Anglae are mildew resistant. The Novae Belgae are more prone to mildew. And we tend to go for the... Novi and Clay plants and they're great for late summer uh, late summer flowering and it was interesting that's one of the plants that as we're saying to you people were buying on online this year for later in the season rather than the earlier stuff that they would see at a plant fair shall we say um and we also have uh things like um um a, a, a well-known aster is aster for monk which has um big lilac-y, purple blue flowers flowering in August onwards. It's parent, Thomsonia, and I find it's a better plant. It's a more sturdy, upright plant. That said, as the season started, it was taking an awful long time to get going. I'm looking at them in the pot saying, are you going to do anything for me this year? And I'm now looking at them down in the nursery, and they're about 30 inches tall, standing bolt upright, very pleased with them, and they'll be in flower next month. I would say so. It's, a, it's 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 a good plant. Um, as I was saying, we're getting into drier seasons. Um, and one plant that you may not have come across too often is baptisia. It was on the list yes Yeah, I don't no, know it's I it's I have
0: heard of it, but I've never really seen it, and I, yeah, didn't know a huge amount about it. So
1: they've been we've been sort of collecting them over the years. We've got quite a few baptat bapt australis is an australian one obviously and it's a dark um blue pea like almost like sweet pea flowers um and but the americans have got hold of them in the last couple of years and they're breeding a they're breeding numbers large quantities and different colors so we have quite a few of them um the one thing they will they do need sunshine uh a glaucity blue leaf, uh very much like as I say, a sweet pea bush almost. Um big seed pods at the end. Um flowering time is usually June. The one <clears throat> the one thing they don't like, they're a bit like oryngiums, decide where you want to put them because they won't move very comfortably. Uh if you're gonna try and move a baptisia you really have to take a very big root ball with you because they resent uh root disturbance they will they're not um overly fond of water they are more drought resistant uh so they're good in that regard uh, but a well-drained soil not a heavy clay soil and um, we've got quite a few different colors growing in the garden now at this stage and I, I love them though it is you know um if you've seen our website you'll probably see that our logo is a big, um, whiny color flower in Australia. Yeah, and that's Australian Jill Richardson, um, and they're great plants for gardeners. They will take, you know, they will do. They'll take sun. The more sun you give them, the more uh, moisture they need. They'll take shade. Um, they will start flowering the first one. Uh, Ruby star tends to start flowering for us in late April, and it'll flower right through till June, and then give it a chop, and it'll start flowering again in July, and it'll work through to September. Um, Jill Riches when we started off, when we started the first very first show we did, I remember somebody coming up to us saying, "You have a chance uh, royal wedding," and uh, I said, "Yes." Yeah. She said, "Helen Dillon said you were the only one selling it." Uh it's that one has since become very popular and it's a very good wine one, but there's been a ma- it, when a plant gets popular there's a massive breeding. Um breeders just get involved and then there's a whole lot of different ones come on the scene. You've got Florence, you've got Milano, you've got uh you know Jill Richardson to us is probably the best of the dark reds. And then you've got Roma, which is a, a pink. It's that Roma is sterile. A lot of the asters, many astrantias are self-seeders. They will seed, and in many ways, with the likes of Jill Richardson and Royal Redding you shouldn't let them go to seed because what will actually happen is the flower, the seed will fall into the flower itself. It will, uh, and it, generally the seedlings will overtake the the flower and won't necessarily be as good as the original as the parent flower. So Roma is sterile. She grows to about four, three foot height, I'd say, and about 50 to 60 centimetres wide. Uh, Flowering time always was in flower for us for bloom, uh, beginning of June, uh, late May into June, and continues flowering until um, September. You can chop it down in the middle of the season and it'll produce new new shoots and new flowers very, very very easily. Uh, You've also got a white one, a uh, very good white mm. one called White Giant, which is also called Superstar. And for those who don't really want to know whether you want the pink or white one, there's a new one out this year called April Love, which starts pink and then turns white. So you've got quite a selection of of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. of them there. Um, so they're, they're they're a great plant. They're they're an ideal plant for somebody starting their garden. They're a reliable plant, and they won't take over the garden if you don't let them seed. That's basically where you where you. Where you've got to stop, you know, you've got to stop them doing it. So, uh, um, and that was the only other one that I mentioned to you. There was Veronica customs which, um, are great for statement plants for tall plants, uh, for the back of the border generally. Although there's one called Erica, which grows to about three foot which is ideal for a middle border. Uh, but Veronica customs um, will be flowering, they're flowering now, unfortunately, for me, and I'm given out to them but they are flowering now Uh, they shouldn't flower until late July into August Um, tall spikes of flowers fabulous plant don't need staking Um, will hold themselves up in the wind and they're quite happy to sort of perform come back each year get into a good very good sized clump uh, easy enough to divide lift and divide just put a fork to them and uh, you can move them around and they would be the, very good and what well, what
0: sort of soil would would they like Jerry? they
1: like um a richest soil they're not as fussy they will take well drained again there are different plants for sandy soils uh they do like a little bit of moisture in in the in the in the soil um and um but they're not they're not really fussy they're 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 good doers they're another one of those that are you put them in the ground, leave them alone, and they get on with it. You know, give them good watering for the first year or so, and don't let them dry out in the first year. And then, after that, when they get established, they just get on with it. You
0: know, that's great. Um, you've mentioned quite a lot of plants there, a lot of plants that 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 people can that I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't have heard of. So, it's it's uh, they can follow up and, and start collecting some of these. And well, they find
1: and, us at the, at the plant fairs on and you can see them there we know obviously we don't bring nobody brings everything to the plant fair but all the nurseries will will react if you if you phone them and ask them do they have such and such and can they bring it for you there's they're quite um quite happy to do so yeah
0: so maybe just as we're getting near the end here maybe just tell us where I know you have a couple of shows come up, so maybe mention those first, and then maybe tell us a little bit about where people can find you online. So obviously, you have your website and your social channels. So if you could tell us about the the plant shows that you're that you're aware of first, and then maybe direct us to the website.
1: Most of the plant fairs, we people tend to come through us and tell us you know what they're up they're up to. Because I run the Rand Special Plant Fair basically with Carol Marks and Borbea, and in coordination with the with the and the organiser each year, and I'm also show secretary for the Irish Specialist Nursery Association, and do most of their shows, uh, not all of them, but most of them. Uh, so our first show this year is in Fota, 25th and 26th of July. That's normally a show that takes place um, the Sunday after Easter, but obviously with COVID, it's been put back. A lot of the shows earlier this year have either been cancelled or rescheduled. So we're starting off with FOTA on the 25th and 26th. Uh following week, and uh, then there's nothing on, the next show will be the 8th and 9th of uh, August, and that's in the National Stud in Kildare. And then the following week will be Airfield on the 16th of August, uh, following week is the 23rd of August, and that's in Um The following weekend, most likely, it's not confirmed yet, but Farmery will be the 30th of August. And then you go into September. Uh, first weekend in September, 6th of September, is Clare Galway Castle. And then the 13th of September is the Irish Specialist National Association show in Fota. And then there's another new show, uh, at the end last weekend in September in Ennis Claire always okay. have a show at the end of August uh, at the end of April mm-hmm. and they're now doing one at the end of September as well that's the last I heard of it and I think that's basically it for the year after that. I think those who do do all of those I mean I can... that's
0: good at least there's there's seven or eight there that are that are going to going to happen anyway which is great news and they're
1: spread around the country insofar as we can yeah. I mean we've lost Waterford this year we've lost the Rare and Special Plan Fair this year we lost the NS show in April Um, And Mallow show Mallow may happen in late August or early September I'm not sure about that yet the Mallow home, the Gardens show but yeah there's shows and people will find uh, information on the shows on the Irish Specialist Nursery website which is www.isna.ie or our own website tends to have uh, quite a bit of um, um, information has information on all the planned fairs, whether we do them or not uh or we will direct people to the is website and our website is com. and susan does facebook and does twitter uh, instagram as well and i think it's just right, so I, I tend
0: to well i'll put all the i'll put all the shows into the show notes anyway of the of the episode so um people can find it there um and the website for anyone that's listening, the the website is really good, uh, very good information on it, and very good, very good images as well. So as as we said earlier, you can see what your plant will become. Exactly. Um, so yeah. and it gives all the flowering times and everything. So very good information on the site. We
1: have tried to keep it as much up. To, it's hard work at times. Well, I don't know anything about it because I don't have to do it, but Susan does it, uh, and <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's as up to date as we can keep it. And people can always phone us, and we're we'll quite happy to talk to people. Oh five three nine three eight three six two nine is the best, and we do answer, we do return phone calls. Uh, it's um, very important that we respect that our clients and customers uh, will expect a call back, and they yeah. do get one.
0: Yeah, very good. And yeah, as, as I, knew, I knew, I knew when I was asking you to come on this episode that you'd have uh, a wealth of knowledge and. Uh, You've certainly given us some some great information and gone into great depth on on that list of plants. And I'll put that full plants list up onto the show notes as well, so that people people can look it up. So, Jerry, it's it's been a great pleasure having you on. Uh, as I said, a wealth of knowledge, uh, as always. And uh, thank you very much for coming on this week's episode.
1: Thanks, John. Thanks for asking me. Pleasure.
0: So that's been this week's episode. A really interesting chat there with Jerry. Um, as I said at the start, one of the most knowledgeable guys that i know in gardening so really good for bringing new varieties to market and uh, that list of 10 plants there they were really interesting some of them i hadn't heard of at all and uh, looking forward to checking them out and definitely looking forward to adding some of them into the garden the great to hear that the shows are coming back so towards the end of july and i'll put the list that jerry mentioned of all the different shows so the first one is coming back to Fota at the end of July, and as I say, I'll put all the dates up. But that's uh, that's good to know that those, you know, those events are starting to get going again. So, huge thanks to Jerry for coming on. As I said, a really interesting chat, very very knowledgeable guy, and uh, yeah, huge thanks, Jerry, for coming on. So that's been this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and until the next time, happy gardening. <music>